Hey hot dogs, this is Greg Stanley. Welcome to Auto Sausage, where we grind together automotive awesomeness. First, congratulations to our Auto Sausage auction game number four winner, MHEC17. This is really cool because MHEC17 is a 15-year-old 10th grader out of Florida. Now, he was within $200,000 of the total hammer price for five cool cars at Mecham's Indianapolis auction last weekend. So congratulations to you, and you've won four tickets to the Cincinnati Concourse to Elegance. Mecham puts on a first-class experience, and if you've never been to one of their auctions, you definitely need to check it out. I plan on attending their Louisville, Kentucky auction in a few months, so if you're going to be there, please let me know, and you can learn more about Mecham and their schedule at Mecham.com. So, as a follow-up to this historic auto sausage auction game win, I'm going to review the results and talk about the craziness that was going on at Mecham. So our next Auto Sausage auction game is live now. So you can go to www.autosausage.com and guess the total hammer price for five cool cars. Now the window for guessing the correct bid is open and it closes the day prior to when the auction opens. I believe this auction starts on the 29th, which is next week. So you want to get in there quickly and make your best guesses. And you can watch the auction live to see how you do. So if a car doesn't sell, I will use the highest bid that is realized and published by the auction house. Just as a heads up, because the car doesn't sell, there's not auction fees, the consignment fees included with it. Those fees are included if the car does actually sell. And whoever has the lowest total difference for the total price for all five cars wins. Now that could be higher or lower. So if you miss it by 200 grand over and the other guy misses it by 300 grand under, you win it because you're a little bit closer, 100 grand closer. To help you guess the best guess you can guess... I include the auction estimate for each car, if available, Haggerty price guide valuation for similar cars in good and concourse condition, and my own best guess based on the research I've done. And all of those are posted now for the next auction. So how am I doing? Well, after four auction games, which is a total of 20 cars, I have an 84.9% accuracy rate in guessing the hammer price. Now, this also includes the no-sales, which I have found are really crazy wild cards. Because a no-sale, you know, if the buyer's just not in the room, if the auction estimate is four to 500 grand, you know, it might sell for, or might be a no-sale at 100 grand because the buyers just are not in there. For example, Paul Newman's Porsche, a 19, I think it was a 1974 Porsche, we'll go over this in a minute, from the Meekin auction this last week was a huge miss. I believe the ex- estimate was about 500 grand, I thought it would oversell because of the Paul Newman effect. And so I missed it by $490,000, which is kind of crazy. But thankfully, I was really accurate on some of the really high-dollar cars. I really was accurate on the Hemi Cuda convertible. And then a La Ferrari from our second auction game. I think it was $3 million car, and I hit it within twenty grand. So that helped me out a lot. So if you take out the cars that did not sell and only factor in the cars that did sell... I'm actually 97.5% accurate, which is pretty good. Uh, We'll see how I do on these next few games. So our next one is for the RM Sotheby's Auburn Spring Auction, which, like I said before, starts May 29th and goes through June the 1st. So what will you win if you win this next auction game? Well, you will win $100 worth of Tillamook beef jerky. It's actually like $98.45, something to that effect. And I'm getting a lot of interest from sponsors, product sponsors, so I'll I'll continue to add cool, neat things, and I'll try to keep them as car-focused as possible or just kind of fun, interesting things. For the big weekend we have coming up in Monterey in August for uh, Monterey Car Week, 
I've got $200 worth of Star Wars autographed trading cards is unopened. So it's brand new in the box. I have no idea what the cards are, but they are autographed. Be sure to check out my Instagram feed at Autosausage for auction updates and cool car picks from my visits uh, around the country, including a lot of pictures from the Mikiam Indie auction last weekend. So let's talk about what happened there. So if you've never been to one of these, they're truly amazing. They're huge. This one was at the Indianapolis Fairgrounds. And you first walk in, it's just amazing. They have all the most of the high dollar cars right up front, ready for you to see as soon as you walk in. In this particular instance, they had 14 amazing Thunderbirds, all number one condition, concourse condition from one of the top Thunderbird restoration experts in the country. And I think nine of the cars were F-codes, which are the really rare Thunderbirds. And I'm going to do a deep dive on those 14 cars. It's really rare that you have an opportunity to look at a market trend with a lot of the same cars in the same condition at the same form. So interestingly enough, seven of those cars did not sell. I've said many times before on the previous podcast, I think muscle car prices are declining slightly, and maybe this is a little bit of a bellwether of that. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm going to call those market moments. So I'm going to do a market moment on, this, on the 14 T-Birds at Mecham. I'm also going to look at the six AC Cobras that they had there. So four of them were out of the Steven Giuliano collection. Three of the four sold. One that was in our auto auction game did not sell. And I think there were two other real AC Cobras that did not sell as well. So I'm going to do a little bit of a deep dive into those. And then I might even go back to the Mecham auction a couple months ago where they had, I think it was like 10 Ford Lightning pickup trucks. I thought that would be pretty cool because they're all like 1990s pickup trucks. Those are pretty hot. So I want to see what's going on with those. I don't even know what the results were, but I know they had, I want to say 10 or 8 of them at one of the earlier auctions. So anyways, getting back to Mecham at Indianapolis, you walk in there, it's absolutely gorgeous. They do a first-rate job. They have some great vendors along the sides in the back, and it could be anything from auto, automobilia to they had some artists that are really amazing. I'm going to interview one of the artists for my other podcast called Learn From Others. You can learn more at learnfromothers.org. That podcast is doing really well. I explore career journeys of successful individuals. I hope to have someone from Mecham on that show as well. So you walk through, and it's just a, a massive format that they're going on here at the fairgrounds. And as you wander around, you'll get to see cool stuff. They have plenty of food there. You can actually get into the auction hall, walk, watch the auction live. You need to have a bidder's pass to get on the floor to get up front. But there's plenty of room for spectators um, up in the Coliseum seating. And then as you go outside of there, you get into some of the more specific collections that they might be selling. So as I said before, the Steven Giuliano collection was being sold, and they did an incredible job displaying this thing. It was a, it was like a museum. So you can check it out on my Instagram feed, but you walk around, you see the cars presented in such an amazing way. There was a lot of memorabilia, mostly Mopar, but there was some other stuff there, everything from dealership posters from the 60s to... You know, they had a bicycle display collection for sale. They had everything from the dealer signs to the floor mats to anything that you could visibly see in a dealership. They had it there as part of this collection for sale. I do remember there was one wall I thought was pretty interesting. Everything on it was Mopar, but there was one Mustang sign from like the 1960s, which was pretty cool. So really amazing, cool cars, really amazing format that they've done. And the way they operate it, it is so smooth and seamless and so professional uh, you really need to check it out. Like I said, I'll be at the uh, Louisville, Kentucky one in a couple months. Okay, so let's start talking about these five cars. So the first car we'll talk about is a 1974 Porsche 911 race car that was raced by Paul Newman. Now you can go back to one of the previous 
episodes to hear how I found this car while it was being restored a few years ago north of Atlanta near my dad's house and what that whole story was all about. You have to go back and check that out. So the auction estimate was four fifty to $500,000. My guess was $560,000. And the reason being a couple different things. First off, I thought it would overachieve because of the Paul Newman effect. The last Porsche that he raced, I think it was a 1978 car, more iconic car. Uh, it was bought for $4.5 million. So I don't know why this one, the estimate was so low. But what was really a interesting as this was a no sale. It was only bidded up to $160,000. So I want to find out more about this. The owner unfortunately had passed away. I mentioned that in the previous podcast. I did find his body man there who did the paint job and most of the restoration work. I talked to him a little bit, got his phone number. So I'm going to follow up and find out what happened because this actually sold or did not sell after I saw him at the auction. Now he also had brought the a uh, I don't remember the year, but it was a yellow Pantera that was bidded up to like seventy eight thousand dollars. It was a no sale. But the other car that's in our top five uh, auto auction game here would be the nineteen eighty two Pantera GTS that was also part of that collection. So the auction estimate on that car was eighty to one hundred thousand dollars. I thought it would sell below the auction estimate. At $78,000, I thought it would miss the low estimate because of condition and lack of prep. I don't think they really communicated the rarity of the paint code enough. It was a rare one. A custom paint job by the factory for the CEO of BBS Wheels back in the day. So this one actually sold for $45,000. So $45,100, which to me is a crazy steal because it wasn't in the best condition. I would have said a, a 3, 3 minus condition. But it was original, original paint, original interior. It wasn't prepped that well. So I think if you were just to really detail it and prep it really well, you know, you would get that estimate that they were expecting. I was shocked that it sold that low. And my guess is that the family, the children are selling the car. They just said, you know what, just cut that one loose. You know, they came up with a lowball number and it it passed their lowball number and it sold. Good for the buyer. I would have loved to have been on that car myself if I was available to do so, but it wasn't just in the cards. Uh, before I move on to the next three cars, I will say that in this collection of cars, since Guy passed away, there was a 1961 Alloy Jaguar I mentioned on the previous podcast, that race at Le Mans. I did ask the restorer where that car was, and unfortunately he said it has been sold. That is the update for the Alloy Jaguar. Unfortunately, it wasn't. it's not still in the barn back there. There are a couple of other cool cars back there that... I will do an update on in the future, and I might even try to buy one of them. So we'll see. I'll let you know what I find out and what I do there. So the third car is the 1963 Cheetah race car. Now this car is one, once again, I mentioned on an earlier podcast, I found here in Cincinnati a few years ago, and the auction estimate was $500,000 to $750,000. My guess was five sixty. The reason being is I said it hit all the, it hit the big number at the last auction. It was all the money and more. I said the fact that it was a single-car auction, it had the eyes of everyone in the muscle-car universe. I said it will not be able to repeat that. I still thought it would have hit the low estimate of five hundred grand and go up to five sixty. Surprisingly, this thing was a no-sale at $250,000. That was just shocking. So two hundred fifty grand, no sale. I guarantee this car will show up again, as well as Paul Newman's race car. I guarantee both of them will show up again. If I had to guess... They're probably being submitted for Monterey right now. We'll see them in California in August. And if they are there, I will put them in that auction game 
so we can have some more fun with those two particular cars. But we will see. I'll track them down wherever they come up again. I will uh, include them in the auto auction game. So be sure to subscribe to play. The next one we'll look at, the number four car, is a 1965 Shelby Factory Stage 3 289 Cobra. Now, this was a really beautiful yellow dragon snake. Really, really rare car. This was from the Stephen Giuliano collection as well as the Cheetah. This one... The auction estimate was $1.75 million to $2.25 million. I thought it would miss the low estimate. I thought it would sell under the low estimate at $1.65 million. I said muscle car price. Why? Because muscle car prices are declining. But I didn't think they were declining that much on Immaculate Cobras, which this one was. Surprisingly, this was a no sale at $1.4 million. So not quite sure why. Uh, like I said before, we're going to do a market moment on all six of these Cobras that were in the Mecham Indy auction here soon. It was a yellow car. I don't know if that had much to do with it. Do with it. I don't think so. Uh, so that was a very interesting no sale. And then the fifth car, also a yellow car, Impact Yellow, was a 1970 Plymouth Hemi Cuda convertible. Now this one did not have an auction estimate, so we didn't really have any guidance on that. Uh, my guess was 1.75 million. And I said, this was a big car that will hit a big number, but not go too high. Cause some of these have sold for a lot more, three or $4 million before, but this was yellow. This was an automatic, which if you look at the Haggerty price guide, an automatic in this car would decrease the value by, I think it was $150,000. So, uh, it sold for $1.98 million with fees. And that was a, a pretty close hit for me. So I was pretty pleased with that. It was interesting. It actually, you know, when you're there looking at it live, it sold for $1.8 million. I'm like, oh, I guess 1.75. That's really close. But then when you factor in the consignment fees, it was $1.98 million. So uh, that was the one that I did probably the best on of all five of these, considering only two of them sold of the five. So kind of crazy. Again, congratulations to MHICS17 for winning. And let's move on to the next one. So the next auto auction game, will be the Armin Sotheby's sale. And I've already had those posted, so I'm going to review those right now. The first car we have up is a 1967 Corvette Stingray with a 427, 390 horsepower engine in it. It is a convertible, lot 6057. Now, the auction estimate on this car is $85,000 to $95,000. You can see the specifics on my website. The Haggerty valuation has this at a number one condition at $153,000. Condition 3 is 76.3. The three-year sales trend is slightly down. And from my estimation, this car is a number one condition, probably a number minus. It's like one minus. Uh, reason being is the restoration looks like it was done a number of years ago, but it's held up really, really well. It's a beautiful car. It's a red car, black interior, side pipes, red line, tires. Just an absolutely beautiful car. So I think it's going to sell for 92 k I think it's going to, is that overachieving or underachieving? Let's see. All right, I think it's going to be close to the top estimate and realize $92,000. Reason being, even though muscle car prices are declining slightly, this is a gorgeous Corvette in classic colors with a great engine. It's the base 427 engine, but is there really such thing as a base 427 engine? And it's a four-speed car. So I think it's going to be at the top end of the estimate. Now, it didn't really say if it was the original engine or not or VIN verification, so I'm making the assumption it is. If it's not, who knows what could happen. But it did say it did have the documentation from the restoration and the original owner's manual and some cool paperwork with it as well. The next car is a 1957 Chevy Bel Air convertible, lot 60, 
77. Now the auction estimate for this car is $75,000 to $95,000 and it is offered without reserve a reserve. So what it goes for, it goes for. Now I'm scrambling a little bit here because I forgot to write down what I was going to guess. So let's do this right now. So the Haggerty value is $144,000 for number one condition. For number three condition, it's $59,400. Now the three-year sales trend is actually down, except if it's a number one concourse car. Surprisingly, those are up, which is really interesting. So I would say this is a two-plus condition. It's a really great restoration, but it looks like it's a few years on. So I'm going to say, I don't think it's going to, let's see, they're saying 75 to 95. I think that's pretty accurate. I'm going to go on the lower side of that. I think the uh, 57 Chevys have kind of had their day in the sun, even the great ones. So I'm going to say, let's say 82.5. I'm going to say $82,500. This one was from a noted collector, which is kind of cool. Uh, I think it's the base engine. It's not a fuel injected car, uh, but beautiful, really beautiful car. All right, so the next one we'll do is the 1994 Toyota Supra Twin Turbo Targa. The reason I'm putting this in is the Japanese cars are really going up significantly right now. A lot of focus on these Supras in particular. And one was recently sold, I want to say it was for $192,000, and it was immediately put back on the market for like $500,000, something crazy. And it was a really low mile car, like 2,000 miles. So the auction estimate on this car is $60,000 to $70,000. Haggerty doesn't have a value on this car yet. It's too new. Uh, for the three-year sales trend, it's up hard, like really hard, like it's going straight up. Uh, my estimate on condition is number two. It looks like a really nice, clean, used car. And I said it's going to it's going to sell below the estimate. This car has like 75,000 miles on it. So I don't think you'll see the big numbers. I think 60 to 70 grand auction estimate is kind of aspirational. So I'm going to say this car is going to sell for, you know, I'm going to say 53,500, $53,500 for this car. Main reason being is the mileage. It's 75,000 miles on this car. It's not like it's been kept in a museum. It does look immaculate. It does look beautiful. It's black with tan interior. But I think that mileage is going to ding it pretty good. So the next car is a 2007 Noble M-400. I picked this car because I think these are undervalued. They're really beautiful cars. Uh, most of them have an LS. I think they have an LS uh, Corvette engine back there. This particular one has a 3-liter twin-turbocharged V6 Ford Duratec engine. There is no estimate on this one from Haggerty or three-year sales trend. The auction estimate, though... Is $75,000 to $85,000. I think that's a little high. I think these are coming into their own finally, but I don't think they're quite there yet. This one has less than 3,400 actual miles. Condition one, I put a price tag on this of $72,000. So I think it's going to miss the low estimate, but I think it's going to be pretty close. So we will see. And the last car we have on here is a 1965 Shelby Cobra 289. It's from the CSX 8000 series. It's actually the first 8000 series. So if you're not familiar with Cobras, the originals were like in the 3000 series and the 3200 series. Then they had some authorized ones in 4000 series. And I, I think they kept on going 5000, 6000, 7000. So this is the first one, the 8000 series. Now the auction estimate on this one is 130000 to $150,000. 
What's cool about this car, it's an all-aluminum shell. It's not fiberglass like most of them. Uh, the problem with this car is the wheels are about the ugliest thing I've ever seen. So they're they're kind of the original Cobra wheels, but the way they put them in there, they put them flush with the fenders. It just doesn't look right. It looks really weird, and I think that's what's going to kill the car. Believe it or not, I think the wheels are going to kill the car. So the auction estimate on this one is 130000 to one fifty. I think I just said that. There's no Haggerty value. There's no three-year sales trends on replicars, even though this is really just a really nice kind of new car, really well done. So the, I put the condition at two. If you look at the pictures, there's a couple little little nicks and stuff everywhere else. Um, I'm going to say this is going to miss the mark by a big margin. I think it's going to hit $87,000. And again, the low estimate's 130. So I'm calling a big miss. So this is kind of risky. Uh, reason being is this is a 289 car. It's not a 427 car. And at Indy Mecham this past week, ironically, there was a Kirkham 427. So Kirkham made the aluminum AC Cobra replica cars. And there was a beautiful one there that had the 427 body, had the 427 engine. So it was a better body. It was a better engine. It was also aluminum. And that one sold for $121,000. So if the better one sold for one twenty one. This other one, yeah, it's newer, but it's uglier. <laughs> I think it's going to hit $87,000. So we will see. That's probably the riskiest call I have on this podcast here. But these are all posted again at autosausage.com. So thanks again for joining us. And don't forget to check out my other podcast called Learn From Others, where I share the career journeys of successful individuals with high school and college students. So I do ask fun car questions at the end, so if you're not too concerned about a career journey, you might be concerned about the cool car questions I put at the end. I will talk to you all next week, and thanks again. (laughs) 